Hi, I am Lana Flatteron, and today I'm interviewing Patty Newbold, Director of Share Success Teams and President of Barbara Share Online's LLC, because she inspires me. I was in Patty's Share Success Team the beginning of this year, and I'm currently in the Barbara Share Write Speak program. So, Patty, thank you for doing this with me today. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, me too. Thanks. <laughs> so I want to begin with your journey with Barbara Share, and then talk about your books and other endeavors. So please tell me how it began your journey with Barbara Share. When did you meet her? How did you start working with her? Well, I'd already read one or two of her books when my husband called me into the room in 2004 and, and wanted me to see a PBS special. And it was Barbara's um, Live the Life You Love for People Over 40. And so I sat and I watched it with him. I said, oh, yeah, I know this gal. And he was so excited about it, he signed us up for a PBS package. And so we got to go to a workshop with her. And at the time, I was working with another um, author, and she mentioned something that she needed in the course of getting everyone else's wishes from them. She mentioned something she was looking for. So I went up and introduced myself. And that's kind of how we got started. First, I became a success teams leader. Then one day she reached out to success teams leaders and said, I need to do um, a teleconference meeting with a bunch of uh, potential writers. And she said, it turns out all my tech people are out of town the day I scheduled it for. Does anyone know how to do this? So that's when I set her up with free conference call, or I think back then it was one of the others um, that they now own. And uh, that's how we started working together. Then from that, we did the 2007 Write Speak um, retreat together so that I was teaching people how to set up a blog and things like that because I had set up mine in 2006 and had a pretty decent audience and I had a newsletter going and all that by then. So I went along to that and then we did another um, retreat in North Carolina after that. Then we did a third one. And <laughs> so we just started doing the course and I, I set up all of the um, materials so that she could meet with everyone by phone every week during that course. And then eventually we took that course and turned it into um, the course you're in now, right? Speak Online. And along the way, she asked me, I think it was in 2011, she wanted to launch something called Hanging Out with Barbara Sher, which was this wild new idea she had. She said, I don't, you know, I've been helping everybody go after dreams. I've been helping them get rid of obstacles. I've been helping them figure out how to deal with their resistance to their dreams, um, resistance to doing the things it takes to get to their dreams, getting them to see that they don't have to do all the things they imagined they had to do to go after their dreams. And she said, well, right now, what I want to do is help people explore who they are and peel away a few layers. And I'm going to call it Hanging Out with Barbara Sher because I want to be part of this. So she said she would um, post 
articles, and we'd send emails announcing them three times a week. Some of them would have audios and videos, and uh, others would be things to read. Some of them would have links off to things on the web. And she wanted people to be able to comment on them, but she didn't want to have to be tied to any particular time to meet with people because, A, she had a pretty heavy speaking schedule still, and B, because she had an international audience at that point. She was um, living in uh, Germany, I think, in, in 2011 and doing a lot of speaking there. So we set it up as an online program, and it went remarkably well. And from there, we built out what's now barbersclub.com. We added book clubs, which are like 16 weeks, reading one of her books and doing all the exercises in it together with a group. And the group, again, is commenting online, so we accommodate people from all different time zones. And then we added the survival guide um, for dreamers. And we, oh, at some point in there, her um, success team's director decided to move on to some other dreams. And she asked me to step up and take over the success teams too. That's kind of how everything got together. And then whenever she was in New York, I would visit with her. And we got to be very good friends over time. And then in 2020, we lost her. Just so sad. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't believe that she passed. And, and I, I discovered her after her passing. And I was like, oh, I wish I had met, I would have met her. And, um, you know... So it is so Every sad. Every day I get emails and comments from people saying the same thing. <laughs> How could I discover her after she's dead? <laughs> um, but I am so grateful that it still carries on and you are carrying this this on, her legend on, and you're, you know, you're you're in in, uh, uh, in charge of it. So I am so I'm so grateful that you're doing it. And I think it's such a blessing that you're doing it. And um, so thank you so much. Um, and I don't know, how do you feel about that? Well, it wasn't my dream to run Barbara's business. <laughs> but it's not a bad one because it feeds my dreams pretty darn well. Uh, it doesn't pay a huge amount. Um, but I'm able to make enough from it to travel. I haven't been able to travel during the pandemic, but I have friends all over the U.S. and all over the world because I have moved so much and my uh, son has moved and he married someone from another country. And so um, there are people everywhere that I like to spend time with. And I especially like to spend time with them in new cities and I've never seen before. And so this helps pay for that dream. And for that, I really love it. But the other side of it, the reason I started as a success teams leader was it is a chance to meet incredible people like you. It's so wonderful to be around humans who have a dream and are willing to go after it. And they're not just sitting on the couch. And that just 
that makes my day. <laughs> I absolutely love doing it. And I love doing it with Barbara. I mean, she basically, when she was doing Hanging Out, she said, one, I, I really want to interact with my fans because I get letters from them, but I get letters. They read my book. They go do the stuff in it. And then two years later, they've hit their dream and then they write me. But I want feedback sooner. <laughs> and so, but the other part of it then was if you if I put stuff online, Patty, does that mean I might be able to stop having to travel to speak because her body was aging. She was dealing with a number of issues. And so I said, yeah, let's just keep building it until you don't need to travel to speak. So we did a lot of um, online teleworkshops. She did uh, write speak up until this year. She only missed one of the sessions last year. And so we would we kick it off with a six hour teleworkshop, and she would be there, and you know I'd talk to her throughout the year because she never once we went online, I always handled the peop everyone after the teleworkshop. She took them through the teleworkshop to go, you know, what is it you really would write about for the rest of your life. But she'd recognized in herself why someone with so many interests was able to stay with one. And she wanted everyone else to know how to find that interest. No, I love it. I mean, I keep reading more and more and doing more and more things that she has available. And, um, and that's just, that was, she was the first person that I ran into like, and I said this just, I met, I found out about her. I found out about 2019, but I heard about her in 2019, but I didn't look into her until September of like 2020. So, but just that, <laughs> yes, yes. And that's what was so shocking for me. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And then after like <clears throat> being involved in her programs and, and reading her books, I was like, I wish I had met her. Like, I wish I could have done a coaching program. I wish, I, but, but I'm grateful that I have all this and that she passed this on. So, and that you're like heading it and passing it on. And so I would like to know, like, um, like what, what did Barbara want her legacy to be? Did she, she say? Saving geniuses. She said, everyone I've ever met has inside them a very special genius. There is some set of skills and interests that only they were born with and that they need to bring that out and do it for the rest of us. Uh, she said it was a sin not to. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, my job you know, is to release that genius into the world. Make sure that everyone gets to do the things that they are especially designed to do. And she says, just like a horse. You know, if you put a horse in the basement, he's going to be pretty miserable. If you let him out in the pasture to run, he's going to be happy. And that's because horses are designed to run. <laughs> so 
her big thing was to help people find out what makes you happy because it's an absolute guide to what that genius is inside you. She'd tell people, you know, anything you do, anything you look at, anything you see, anything you hear, assign it a happiness level from, you know, zero to ten. And she said, anything that's a seven or above, you got to do more of. And she would tell people, you know, yes, of course you can't jump from your job as a CPA to being a full-time self-supporting um, artist. That, that doesn't happen. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing art every day, even if it's five minutes a day. If you're meant to write, you should be writing, <laughs> not waiting until you're in a place where someone will pay you to write or where you have the you know, luxury of time to actually finish a book that you're going to publish um, and, and you know, get yourself a mainstream off, uh, publishing house and all that. She, the way she ended up writing her first book and getting a publisher was that she had this insight when she was working at her day job, which was doing um, group primal therapy, basically, sessions with people. And then one day, somebody really wanted, who, who had not made any progress at all, really came in and he said, you know, I got changed my life. I, I've got to fix up my apartment and find a wife. <laughs> and everyone jumped in and helped him do it because they'd known him for so long as being the most contrarian member of the group, the angriest, the most, you know, fed up, the person who could tick off anyone else if they needed to get out a few screams. <laughs> they helped him. His name was Ron. She calls him Ronnie. That was not his real name. But, uh, you know, she saw that what keeps us from going after our dreams is isolation. And once he had helpers, he went ahead and did everything he needed to do. And then she said, hold it now. And his, and his wife started coming. They actually found him a wife by holding parties. Um, <laughs> and his wife started coming to these sessions. And Barbara's just sitting there going, hold it. He's now got a happy life. And it wasn't anything I did here at work. So she said, I'm going to do a workshop on how we did what we did with Ronnie. She puts up posters everywhere she could find on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And when no one signed up, she went and she crossed it out and wrote, sold out on the poster and put up a new date. <laughs> With a black magic marker on the existing posters, posted all over the Upper West Side. And this time people came. And then she held it again. And the word of mouth from the first one was so good that more people came. And then she started, you know, well, let's do success teams after our workshop. And we'll uh, do this together. And somebody from the New York Times came to one of those. And so that person said, I want to write an article about this. And all of a sudden, Barbara had agents calling her. <laughs> wow. No, and I, I, that's how she was asked to write Wishcraft. 
Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. So I know a lot of these stories, you know, because I am actually in the hanging out because that and maybe I want to like kind of go through what's what's available. But I'm still I'm in the hanging out, which is that, you know, I get stuff, you know, three times a week. And and I'm also on the Survivor Guides for Dreamers, which is the daily emails. Um, And so like I've and I've watched so many, you know, I've done her audio program. I've done read her books. So I've, I've heard some of these stories, but I didn't know that was, uh, that's how witchcraft came to be is from that reporter and the agents calling. And right. That, it was the, the article in the Times brought her agents and she chose an awful one first, her, her later, for her second book, she had a much, much better author, uh, agent she stuck with. But um, she wrote that first book because she was asked to. She hadn't planned on being a writer, um, but people were so taken with the workshops and with her very different approach to things. And she even had a, a blurb on the book from uh, the guy who wrote the uh, parachute book, <laughs> uh, Richard Bowles, I think is his name. And the book didn't sell very well. But she kept doing the workshops and she turned them into something where she could train other people to do the workshops and sell them a kit to do it. And the book started selling because of all the word of mouth from people going through success teams. And so now the book has, uh, and by the time the 30th anniversary came around, it had sold over a million copies. <laughs> but it was a slow starter. And it was something she was asked to write. And then after that, she started writing a lot more. She said, hey, I like this. This isn't bad. Because she figured out how to write. She said when she first, when she first wrote the book, the first draft was turned down. Um, and she was told to write like you speak. And she's done all the rest of them by writing like she speaks. No, yeah, I, I and they're just book. hugely popular. New York Times bestseller, <laughs> Wall Street bestseller, um, USA Today bestseller, um, Publishers Weekly. Yeah, she's just gotten so many awards for them. No, I love it. I love the story. It's like the true story. I mean, I wish it was a movie. They should have created a movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe they will. Who knows? Um, Indeed. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so and witchcraft is on, free online. It, it was a reason that like she did that, or when she did that. Yeah, that the version that's available online is the original version. What happened was that she, you know, contracted with the publisher, and it wasn't doing too well, so they stopped publishing it, and she took back the rights and she posted it online, and then their sales started going up. And they came back to her and said, "Uh, we want to do a reprint. (laughs) Then at the 30th anniversary, she said, we want to do a 30th anniversary edition. And it is still selling. Um, But in the time that she took it offline, she took back the rights, she put it online, and they've never said anything about it being there, so she's left it there. um, it was there when they signed their second contract, and it continues to be there because there are so many people 
you know, like Africa and Thailand and Singapore and other places who cannot find the book or cannot afford to buy it. Wants them to have it because that's the cookbook. That's the, you know, pick anything you want and that book will tell you how to get it. Step by step, all sorts of fantastic ideas and recipes. And in that one, she doesn't talk about resistance or anything else. It's just here's how you go. <laughs> no, yeah. I feel like that's the foundation book, you know, for everything. Yeah. Um, so and I think it's so nice that it's available for free, you know, like a, to give back. Um, and But you could buy it, too, if you want a hard copy, but it's that it's, it has that option that it's available for free. And some people sometimes are just curious. They don't even know, like, let me, and then they could maybe buy it afterwards, you know? So I think it's great. Um, Well, I think a lot of people go back and buy the book as a souvenir of, you know, what I've been through, this work. So they have the book, uh, the Arabic book recently went out of print. And the translator who created it, um, the rights reverted to her, and she said, I'd like you to offer it for free on that website. So we do. Okay. And I, I think the Portuguese version or something like that is also on there. One of the other, you know, languages we don't get a lot of people in. <laughs> no, that's nice. It's the, I, I didn't even know there was other languages that were free that was available. I just, I knew about the English version, so... Yeah, they're all on wishcraft.com, one of the world's ugliest ancient websites. (laughs) No, no. I mean, I feel like it has everything there. So when you get there, you could see all the pretty much, you know, all the things you need to know that's available. I mean, you know, there's a few links to click to find out more information, but it's all like in one one page. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I wanted to ask you, did she help you identify anything about yourself through her coaching style? And if so, what and how? Well, curiously, um, by the time I met her or read her books, I had already kind of discovered I was a scanner and found my way of dealing with it. And a scanner is somebody who has, as she puts it, too many interests where everyone else tells you you can't do that. So I went off to MIT and studied city planning, which was what I wanted to do, but I got really interested in the whole um, education and health and social services side of it. So I went off to work as an educational policy analyst, basically a consultant to various levels of government. And that's when I discovered that consultants can consult on almost anything they like. And so I created my career was to be a consultant. And I went on to consult on so many different things. And 31 years ago, I created my own company. I founded my own company. It was my third third company, but, you know, this one was for real. (laughs) One was with some partners for a while, and then we all had to go in different directions. And then this one, uh, 30 years ago, office, um, stationery, logo, um, staff, freelancers, etc. 
And it allowed me to just dictate what projects I wanted to work on. And it freed me to use my time for other things that fascinated me. So I'm just constantly learning. I got to create a lot of training doing, you know, Barbara's try teach. What is it? <laughs> Learn, try, teach, leave. <laughs> That's yes. really what training development was all about. So a lot of the things that she had invented from a very different point of view, I had already been doing just by happening to wander into the right first job out of college. Okay, so she didn't, go ahead. Yeah, I, I worked, you know, like when my son was in school in New Orleans, I set up computer labs for them, so I got to do my whole computery thing, and um, when we started having to, you know, do our data analysis on the computer, I went ahead and learned how to use SQL and um, um, various statistical tools. And then when we had to start programming our websites, I, you know, jumped in and learned Perl and PHP and all those. And so it was just like this, I had this wonderful way to learn things. And then right before we did uh, the first Right Speak retreat, I had, I was doing web research for Martin Seligman, the father of positive psychology, and Chris Peterson, his research director. And I had discovered that I had a, a they were studying character strengths, and I had a strength I'd never even recognized was a strength. I had no idea that it wasn't just, you know, a part of my love of learning or my open-mindedness or one of the other strengths. But it was this strength of perspective. And as I looked at it, I realized all the fun things I'd ever done in my life, all the times I'd, I'd just been proud of what I'd done, totally unrelated type things. It was because I brought perspective to what I was doing and I did it, I could see something very different from what everyone else saw. And I went, oh, that's what I need. I need more perspective in my life. <laughs> so I said, I need a hobby with perspective. And so many of my friends had asked me for help with their marriages after I was widowed at 34 and figured a whole lot of stuff out. And I said, that's a good way to do it. And I'd started a blog about how to enjoy being married. And so I, and then I, you know, Twitter came out and in 2008, I was one of the 50 tweeple to follow on Twitter, having won some great contests because there just weren't that many of us yet. <laughs> and I entered in a, an unusual category because of my marriage work and I ended up being one of those people everyone followed on Twitter so I had this big social media following and all that so that's how I came in and I and I'd started I was writing a book and I'd been to several writing conferences already by the time I joined Barbara and learned 
my approach to writing it probably wasn't a smart one and I should change. So that's probably the biggest thing I learned from Barbara is to write by speaking. Okay. Did you ever do like one-on-one coaching with her? Was it ever like that? Like anything formal or no? Um, (laughs) Barbara was always coaching. Whether she charged you for it or scheduled it, <laughs> if you sat next to her on a plane, she would coach you. <laughs> if you wandered into Central Park and sat down on the same bench as her, she would coach you. So, yes, I've been coached by Barbara, <laughs> but never formally. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, yeah, I'm always curious of all, like, the little, like, little details, Um um, cause it, yeah, it, it definitely, it's so interesting to me and like, I'm like, and it, like, I feel like it's so powerful. So, okay. So I, I'm, I, there's a lot of things I want to talk about. So I wanted to find out, I want to get back into, so I, I want to just kind of, you know, go through the remaining things about Barbara and then talk about your books and your mm-hmm. separate endeavors. Um, but so what is the mission of the Barber Share Online LLC? To save more geniuses. Okay. So it's pretty <laughs> much like what I said about what her, her legacy is yet to saving the geniuses. Okay. I wasn't sure if there was anything different, but. No, we actually, it was, you know, Barbara kept saying, can you, you know, make my business so that it requires less presence from me. You know, I, I want to travel less. When we do things online, I don't want them to be scheduled because I never know when I'm going to be well enough to do them. And so very little was ever scheduled. And as much as possible, when she felt like it, she could drop in and interact with everybody. And that was how we designed it. And so um, she was quite ill at the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020. And we'd already brought on a bunch of wonderful people to deal with things. Um, Her friend, Bill Connington, who's now her um, executor, was taking care of almost everything at, at home for her. And Tammy Garver, Oh, oh God, she is just such a saint. She's, <laughs> she was at one of Barbara's scanner retreats, and then she came to a Write Speak retreat, and then she did Write Speak online later. Um, and Tammy was the perfect person to take over the book clubs from me so that I was freed up to do more stuff. And then uh, Jennifer came in, Jennifer Blair came in, and she sat with Barbara while Barbara was sick at one point and said, you need to get another book out. And so they wrote these 365 tips, and we turned them instead into the Survival Guide for Dreamers. So you get them one at a time and not just, eh, here's a book, you read the 365 tips, and then you sit around not doing anything. So it's like 365 reminders that you need to deal with your resistance and continue to go after your dreams. And so that was all Barbara's writing. Jennifer was editing. And just like, you know, B 
being her success team for getting it out. <laughs> uh, Barbara, why don't you write about this today? <laughs> why don't you, you, you said something about that in the past. How about if you use that for the next one? Or I found these four things in your files, Barbara. Could you be right about this? And then we had um, Patrice Jenkins. She was at the very first Right Speak retreat. She was the very first Right Speaker to publish a book. And she came back to Write Speak when she wanted to do an online course on Udemy. And we brought her in as the backup just in case Barbara was ever had to miss any of the um, teleworkshop sessions. And as it happened, the very first one Patrice came to <laughs> as backup, um, Barbara was unable to use the phone that day. She was um, being treated for something at the time. So then we have um, Dorit Yordan in South Africa, and she took over doing all of Barbara's social media. So she continues to work with us. And it's just like this wonderful team of incredible people who are always going after their own dreams and always happy to be part of Barbara's grand mission on earth. No, oh, yeah, I love it. I, I wasn't sure if it was like a pretty much planned before or completely planned before, like before she, you know, she passed or if like things maybe changed you know, or it was, you know, decided after the fact, but it seems like it was pretty much decided before. Two months before um, Barbara died, her lawyer said, because we always had a, an informal joint venture agreement between us, never part of the same company. Um, we just split the profits on the things we did together. And two months before Barbara died, her lawyer said, you two need to incorporate. That's really your best bet so you can keep the business going if anything ever happens to Barbara. And that's the first time we ever thought about it. And unfortunately, the pandemic hit the next day. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we couldn't see each other. And we're trying to figure out how to, you know, um, we'd been working we'd been seeing each other every day for a while and we were working closely together. And now all of a sudden we had to like figure out this whole new lifestyle. So we said, okay, we'll take care of that, but it won't do it right now. And then unfortunately um, pneumonia came and took her out. And, you know, we went into crazy mode because there was no business. And so I had, only my side of the business, which wasn't enough to operate any of it. So we kind of went into holding mode until January when they finally, you know, because of she died in May and it took until January for the courts to um, process her will and uh, officially appoint her executor. So during that time, we had a bunch of people who were already in hanging out, so I kept serving them because We'd already taken their money. We had people who were in right speak, and we'd already taken their money, <laughs> still serving them. And some of them were paying on a payment plan, and the money would come in, and we'd just put it into the estate for now. And, you know, we, we had this crazy quilt of 
operations. Uh, but we were really, really thankful to have the court give us their blessing right before we launched a whole new year of all the programs. Okay. Okay. So, so we only... had no plan for any of this. <laughs> okay. I mean, you were planning like to carry it on after her passing, but you didn't plan on like whatever happened, COVID and everything in her passing, like so, you know, at that time. Right. So. Right. Um, we never talk about how we would carry it on or anything because we weren't planning on her dying. Okay. Okay. So, but everything carries on except her coaching, is that correct? Her coaching program, like her well, specific coaching program. Her, coach, her coaches continue. She, what happened with the coaching program was it was a hybrid. She did, all the people who went to the coaching program did five weekends with her in Frankfurt, Germany based out over the course of a year. And then there was an online portion, which I ran for her in between. Um, but all I was doing was setting up. She had to go through, go through and read everything they wrote and all that. But they would do work in between sessions and they had five live sessions. And we have recordings of the live sessions, but Barbara never talked about putting it online because she felt like once she'd done it a few times, that she had enough Barber Share coaches that they would keep working, could move on to other things. She really felt like she had to have some coaches, and they're all at barbershare.com slash coaching.htm. So, um, the, so, the, uh, so, so, yeah, so there they, they are coaches that are coaching her style, but currently you're not training any new Coach, coach. No, and, and since I didn't go through the course, I mean, we'd have to have Dorrit or someone teach it. Dorrit did go through the course. Uh, she actually flew up. This gal flew up from South Africa to Frankfurt five times. We also have another gal, uh, Amy, who flew in from Pennsylvania. Oh, no, I think she was still in New Jersey then. She, from New Jersey to Frankfurt five times to attend. And one gal who flew there from San Francisco to attend another gal who flew from New Zealand. Um. <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 yeah, it's, it probably was an amazing experience. So I could see people like wanting to go regardless, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not all of them are on that list because they're not all working as coaches. Mm -hmm. Some people just wanted to learn how Berber does it. But if you wanted to, to maybe start the program again it's a possibility i don't think i have enough to start it but there are other people who might be able to start it okay and but right now if somebody wanted to go through that coaching style you have on your website all the coaches that have been trained by barbara yeah and any one of them can certainly you know take you through the training i mean They've okay. been well-trained and they've all been working now for years as share coaches. So. Okay. No, that's great. Um, but I was, that, I'm saying that so that everything else though carries on, right? Everything else that yeah, she. Yeah, success teams, we still sell the success teams leaders kit. Um, we still have the um, survival guide. We still have hanging out. We still have the book clubs. 
Um, we solve all of her Facebook groups. My goodness, just a lot of Facebook groups. <laughs> so I'm saying there's nothing out. There's nothing that stopped. No, not really. Well, what stopped was her public speaking, all of her in-person workshops and her PBS videos and all of that sort of stuff. She used to be the Pledge Week queen <laughs> for PBS. Um, her videos were all made by different PBS stations around the country. And, you know, she was, she was the queen of PBS for a long time. Before Wayne Dyer, <laughs> before any of the others you see today, <laughs> she was raising tons of money for them. Hmm. No, it's, I, that's why it's like shocking that I haven't heard of her sooner, but that's besides point. Anyway, uh, so um, the last thing pretty much I wanted to say before we turn on to your other stuff um, is how are you similar to Barbara and how are you different and like what is your unique way. Okay, I'm the techie geek. <laughs> <laughs> she was always willing to try anything techie. Um, but usually she was more than happy to hand it off to someone else. <laughs> say no. <laughs> uh, so that was that was our hugest difference. Um, I think also that we're very much alike in not taking crap from people <laughs> um, and we both thought alike when we were in designing programs and we would toss around ideas we would have um, we always understood each other instantly. Well, there was one time she didn't, but I threw things at her and she was fine. <laughs> she did teach me how to be a lot pickier about clients, which I found very interesting. If you come to one of her programs and she doesn't think you really fit in, she will send you packing. <laughs> I watched her do that a bunch of times, and it really made the programs, the in-person programs, and some of the online programs, better for everyone else. And she did that. But I had always been perhaps overly nice to my clients. <laughs> she also despised corporate America, and I felt at home there. Um, she had a, the ability uh, an acting talent, a, a, a presence on stage that I will never, ever, ever come close to. She also loved dogs. Um, loved dogs so much that one day, out of my love for Barbara, I actually allowed that we went into a restaurant with her Yorkie in my tote bag. And I emptied everything out into the trunk of my car, put her Yorkie in there, leaving it partially unzipped so that she could order him steak tips and feed him in my tote bag. <laughs> 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 Which for someone who's not fond of dogs was not easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. 
Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice to hear all this stuff about her. So thank you. Thank you for sharing all this. Um, so now let's talk about your books and your other endeavors, um, your blog, assumelove.com. Um, so what are your books and what are they about? I mean, you spoke about it a little bit um, before, um, based on marriage, enjoying your marriage, I believe. Um, but if you want to like talk more about your other stuff. Sure. I have published two journals for married people. One is called Agreed. It's a journal to bring joy to any marriage with too many disagreements. And it's just a simple way to stop fighting over things and actually get what you want. The other one is, and it's the second in a series of three, is Loved, and it's a journal to bring joy to any marriage with dashed expectations and unmet needs. Which for me, that was the huge thing that was destroying my first marriage. And I couldn't for the life of me see it or even with the help of my therapists see it until my husband suddenly dropped dead when I was 34, uh, right after our 13th anniversary. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a rough one. Um, <laughs> the third one is, is going to be called Explained. And it's on, a, on my Assume Love technique, which is how to stop the really unhelpful knee-jerk reactions to the things our spouses do. And instead, use what they've done to explain how they're thinking and figure out what our next move is to get our marriage happy again. No, it's wonderful. I mean, I feel like it's all positive stuff. I, mean, I think a lot of people struggle in this area, you know, you know, marriages, you know, you don't know, like there's highs and lows, like in everything in life. And um, it's nice that you have this available for people. Um, do you want to say how they could find out more information about it? Well, they're all on Amazon. So you can look at amazon.com slash author slash Patty Newbold. Patty with a Y and Newbold like new be old. Okay, great. And then even your blog, I mean if I mean is there something like if if people I mean I know you said you've been doing the blog a long time. What year did you start it? Since February of two thousand and six. Okay. So and, and you still and you anniversary. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. Um <laughs> I are you still active with the blog? Yeah, I've slowed down a bit as we deal with all of this nonsense. Uh, you know, after Barbara's death, my life got very busy there trying to figure out how we were going to keep everything going. Um, so I slowed down. And then recently, very recently, I moved it over to a new platform. So it's now on WordPress and has a new modern feel and look to it. And I'm getting my subscribers back in there. So this is the week that I will resume blogging on a regular basis. Okay, great. And then I have another <laughs> website, which I still have to bring back online, called Enjoy Being Married. And that was enjoybeingmarried.com. And that's actually book reviews of 
books that can help with various issues in looking for a spouse or um, keeping your marriage going happily. Sounds great. I have this dread dislike of people who stay married for the kids without fixing the marriage. I want to help all of them. So what is your mission? Um, help people enjoy being married. And <laughs> my, the rationale for that is for their children. I don't think children do, do well with unhappily married parents or divorced parents. I think there's all sorts of data that says they're better off with two happily married parents. And, you know, beyond that, all the rest of us are better off with happily <laughs> married parents. You know, when people divorce, they need two apartments and they use up twice as much carbon and energy and, <laughs> you know, space and money and all that. Uh, we have to support an awful lot of divorced people because they can't function on their own. Employers lose like six years of productivity from someone whose marriage is going downhill and they really ought to, you know, learn to support marriages and not do things like having people work horrible jobs that don't allow them to spend time with their spouse. Um, you know, the prison system, the school system does better when children aren't dealing with divorce and angry and abusive parents at home. We have less crime. Live with happily married parents. So I'd like to see people be happily married. Now, the ones who are happily single, I'm fine with. <laughs> just don't be raising children. <laughs> okay. No, I feel like that's beautiful that you're this positive force for married people. Um, so Barbara Cher, I guess we're getting close to the end now. So for Barbara Cher yep. states that what we love, we are gifted at. So what do you love? What do you believe are your gifts, your unique talents? Well, I think I told you before, discovering that I had a special talent for perspective on problems. That's one of the things I really love. And I didn't have a name for it until, you know, the early 2000s through a lot of life, not having a clue that that was the part of everything. I mean, from, I'm one of those weird people who actually likes untangling the necklaces in my jewelry box, <laughs> which takes perspective Patience. on the knots in them. <laughs> I developed training. I, one of my proudest moments in designing training for AT&T was when they handed me a, a program they had to send their clients, two people from every client, out to Colorado to a lab where they spent two full days teaching them how to do something that I was able to teach them on a video in 20 minutes because I took it from a different angle. Um, when I, you know, I've, I've talked to total strangers whose marriages are a wreck and I give them a different perspective on what's happening. They get that aha moment, and then they tell me 
four days later that their marriage is the best and deepest it has ever been. And I'm, I love it. (laughs) Okay. So just to wrap this up. um, So one book or one, uh, if you had to recommend one thing from Barbara share, what would you recommend? And if you had to recommend one thing that you offer, what would you recommend for people? Well, I would definitely recommend um, Barbara's I could do anything if I only knew what it was because she takes you through, you know, you got a dream, you want to go after it. There's a bunch of predictable brick walls you're going to hit. And the predictable brick walls come from things that happened in your life earlier. And she pinpoints them all with brilliance (laughs) and shows you how to explore them and feel good about yourself and then how to change what went on in the past so that you can move forward. It's an absolutely, totally brilliant book. And beyond that, the writing in it is her best. Everything she ever wrote. Now, she doesn't agree. She would tell you that uh, uh, Live the Life You Love and 10 Easy Lessons is her favorite. Okay. How <laughs> and about for you? to choose is a biggie. <laughs> and of mine, well, my blog, because there's so much more there than there is in either of the journals. Um, and I'm, the blog will become a book soon. <laughs> but, and after I finish the third journal. And I, you know, there is enough in that blog. And it's one of the things I didn't realize about blogging, I kind of thought, you know, like you post stuff and people read it. And every week you give them something new to read. And that is not how people read my blog. They arrive at my blog when something goes wrong in their marriage. There's almost nobody who cares to read the blog when their marriage is going well. I think I have two people who write to me and tell me they do that. I have people who are now divorced who are still reading my blog. But they came when they were facing divorce. (laughs) Um, And they find it by Googling. They're looking for an answer to a problem. And I have 15 years of answers to problems. And they find exactly what they're looking for in there. And the traffic to blog posts from, you know, 2008 is as high as the 2019 blog post so it that's my body of work okay that's great that's great okay so the last two things because i'm like the time's like running out but um if somebody (laughs) wants to get in touch with you how can they best reach you uh patty p-a-t-t-y at barbara share and share is s-h-e-r dot com and anything else you would like to say, Ed, that we didn't cover that you want to include? I just want to say I'm utterly thrilled to see you doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not very many of our right speakers get to podcast while they're still in the course. And so it's an absolute thrill for me to watch you. And I, I love seeing you on camera here. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one's going to see I'm the camera. I'm sorry that but, I'm not but... on camera, but... <laughs>
I have a little cold today, which, uh, you know, I just wanted to make sure that this happened. Um, so I'm sorry if you hear a little like coughing or whatever, but nope. thank you so much. Oh, great. Thank you so much for doing this podcast with me. You are amazing. And this concludes our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and have a great day. You too. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Bye everybody. <laughs>